Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. If you're listening to this episode and you're getting any value at all about you know, Evan's story and, and excited to see where we're going, uh, please pause right here and go and leave a five-star rating and review um, so that we can have more people like you come in and listen um, and just really grow this wisdom bank that we're building here. And it's one area that God has drastically used in my life to help shape me and mold me. You know, there's this idea that your business grows to the extent that you do. God will bring people in your path to teach you lessons. And you have to be observant for that because I was able to love myself through the process of change. Evan Herman has been on a personal growth journey for the majority of his life, trying to figure out how to become the perfect version of himself when he found out it was impossible. It wasn't until he learned how to start loving himself, which is where this change and this progress started to take shape in his life. He's known how to love himself now through the process and journey of change without seeking a destination, but enjoying the journey and sharing it with everyone along the way so that they can relate to it in any part of the journey that they see it modeled. Getting to interview Evan was an absolute gift today. He totally reshaped my thinking about the messiness and the clutters we have in our life and all the big goals we have. And he brought it back to what's that lead domino that you can do to really set off a chain reaction of, of things that are totally aligned with your purpose. And I'm really excited for you to dig into this episode and go through that exercise that he put me through um, where I was able to identify my lead domino and then also just all the unique nuanced perspectives that, that Evan has and the way he shares them so articulately. I know you're going to receive value from this. It's just incredible to see um, someone who's gone through so many hardships, losing a dozen friends in the last 12 years, dealing with pornography addictions, over being overweight, and sugar addictions, and you know, coming out and talking so clearly about what that, that whole therapy process looks like. Um, it was absolutely essential. And I, I really want you to see Evan as a leader of authenticity so that you can lead yourself in the same authentic way. I'm really excited for you to get to listen to this episode with today's person of purpose, Evan Herman. Hello, uh, Evan, and welcome to the People of Purpose podcast. So great to have you here, both of us in the Midwest today talking about purpose, having a similar podcast, doing real estate. Super excited to talk to you. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> of course. So we were connected through uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who uh, we interviewed quite a while ago. Um, I think it was in May. I, we read his personality isn't permanent book. We've both interviewed him now. Um, and I'm just really excited to have someone that kind of comes from that lineage because I have a lot of respect for him. And what he's doing with his personal growth and how he's bringing it into business. And I think that you have a lot of value to add there. So I'm excited to talk about your superpowers and, and you know how you're doing what you're doing, how you make in your decisions, what the biggest lessons are you've learned. Let's dive in. Let's do it. So um, just before this, this episode, you, you share with me the 10 lessons that have changed your life. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now and I'm seeing like, 
one, you have pretty high level guests that have influenced your lessons, which I would love to talk about. And then two, you have like, you've outlined, you know, 10 things that I've, I've noticed also are very important for purpose. Um, my question is like, what is it about um, having for you? What is it about having a podcast that kind of captures your sense of purpose? How does it help you to kickstart your purpose, get in line with your purpose um, and just kind of feel like you're, you're in your purpose on a consistent basis. Right. So that's a great question. Um, the second point on my, you know, 10 life-changing lessons I've learned from, you know, well-known individuals. The second point is have a mission. And that essentially came from Dr. Angela Duckworth, who wrote the best-selling book, Grit. And I was like, like you said, I also have my own podcast called the whole person podcast. And in that specific podcast, she asked me, how do I make decisions? And I'm like, uh, with my gut, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to figure out what's the best answer, you know, instead of the authentic answer. And I was just like, I, you know, I guess I just kind of wing my decisions. I try to make as informed decision as possible. And she goes, well, maybe you should have a life mission or a life statement and then make decisions based off of that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're right. I do have a life statement. I do have a life vision. And anytime it comes to making decisions, I don't look at that. And so that very quickly became a lesson where I started making decisions based off of that. And you know, my, my personal mission, my life mission is living out the heart of God by loving others back to life. And so I make decisions whether or not it draws me closer to fulfilling that. And to answer your question about why podcasting, you know, I went to school at Oral Roberts University. I got a degree in theology. I wanted to be a pastor. I couldn't get hired on by a church. And then when I finally did, that was great for the season that it was. But long-term, there was some theological differences that the overall organization and I couldn't agree on. And I wasn't really able to move further in, in that denomination. And so, you know, I took a step back and I felt really bummed because my, I thought my purpose was, was being a pastor. My identity was being a pastor. It was a job. It was a vocation. And what I realized is that I put so much stock in what I was trying to do, which would make me who I thought I would be, who I thought my purpose was. Mm -hmm. But in reality, my purpose isn't a job. My purpose is essentially being the man that God has called me to be. Mm -hmm. So, So what's more important isn't what I do. It's who I am. And so once I realized that, then it didn't become about what I do. And then moving on directly into the purpose, it's like, then I could start making decisions based off of what God's call is on my life. Yes. And so in terms of real estate, how do I live out God's heart and love others back to life Mm -hmm. in real estate? How do I do that with a podcast? So I'm able to start doing things that may not be specifically vocational pastoral ministry, but it still answers and fulfills the purpose and the call of God on my life. Right. Exactly. That's beautiful. 
I'm so sorry to hear also that it, it, like you kind of came into this clarity through a bit of a failure, not even just a small one. It's like, I thought I was going to do this as my life vocation and now it just crumbled. Yeah. What, what did that feel like? Like, can you take me to that headspace when you were kind of standing on this place where you knew you needed to change or transform your, your whole identity for how you were going to move forward in your life? Right. Yeah. I was seven years old. I was at Camp Dry Gulch in Oklahoma. I lived in Kansas at the time. I'm from Kansas, actually. I'm from Kansas, too. Nice. And so I grew up in Hayes, Kansas. And um, at seven years old, I felt I heard God tell me that he wanted me to be in ministry. And so from seven, that looks like being a pastor to me. So from seven, you know, I spent my entire life pursuing that. Graduated, got a degree in theology, you know, pursued church work, could never, could never land a spot, tried to help multiple churches only to get lied to by, to by very small head pastors. And I felt broken. I felt desperate. I felt unfulfilled. I felt like I was missing out on what God has called me to do. And I hated myself. I absolutely hated myself because I felt like I wasn't living wow. um, the way I should, the, the call. And I had a mentor. He actually just passed away about a month and a half ago. And um, because I've always had this deep desire, even now to be in vocational ministry. And he said, Evan, he was, that's how you know there's still the call on your life to do that. But there's lessons that God's taking you through in business that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And so you need to be attentive to the path that God has you on because it's preparing you for something bigger. And so what I realized, he said, you know, he has a lot of friends that went into ministry right away and then also left ministry right away. Mm -hmm. But he was doing ministry almost up until the point of his death after he spent, you know, eight to 10 years in the business world. And so I realized there's a lot of life lessons that I can learn through business and that that's part of in potential preparation. But even, even if vocational ministry never happens, I still am doing ministry. I, like I said, I, I have a podcast. I, every person I contact and talk to is someone who just needs to know God loves them, that Jesus died on the cross for them. And I don't go preaching at people, but I simply show God's love through action and help them with what they need, where they're at. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a different format for doing the same kind of the same kind of work. It's, it's also much more of an intimate work. Like I would imagine as a pastor, you're, you're talking to maybe dozens or hundreds of people. Whereas in this world, the podcasting space and the coaching and stuff, a lot of it's that one-on-one, -on -one, very small group thing. Do you think that that's a part of it is that you get to work more intimately with people or why is it that, 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 that what is it that you've learned about, you know, podcasting and, and the world that you're in now and being so aligned with your path versus being a pastor? You know, so in 2008, I was in a snow cone stand and it was first summer. I worked 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week for a church snow cone stand. And I did a lot of reading 
And I was just like, God, what do you want me to, what, what do you want me to do with my life? Do you want me to be a pastor? Do you want me to be an author? Do you want me to be a speaker? Like, just tell me the vocation because I was chasing a vocation and I'll do that for the rest of my life. Just, just tell me. And then that's when I heard God say, Evan, what you do throughout your life will look different at many different points, but the theme of your life will be this. And that's when I heard live out the heart of God by loving others back to life. And so it was at that point that I realized that's what I was supposed to do. And, Mm. you know, going into podcasting, I had, I had the idea of podcasting for probably four or five years before I actually started. I just never felt like me as a person who I was good enough or arrived enough or had enough knowledge or wisdom to give to people that they would want to tune in to listen to me. Even though I wanted to be a pastor, I had, I had enough belief that I could do that, but I didn't have enough belief. I could, I could be a podcaster. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I came into a, a belief that I could and kind of what led me into podcasting is I was a senior in high school and I had a dream one night that God said, my first ministry will be in radio. Right. And so when I was in college, you know, I always tried to pursue Christian radio and I actually worked for a Christian radio station and a secular radio station for a little bit as just someone who operated the boards behind the scene. But then that kind of quickly fizzled out because I was kind of a backup option. Um, You know, I was a college student. And so then when that fizzled out and I got married and wasn't making enough money, then what, you know, and then, Oh, podcasting. That's, that's what he's talking about. And so I believe that the podcasting is a ministry for, for me and that it is the first, you know, uh, <laughs> corporate ministry that God has me on. My my first ministry is my family, mm-hmm. but then the second one would be the podcasting. Beautiful, beautiful. I love how you are so um, articulate about your faith. This is something that I always am trying to work on too. Is what exactly is it that I can say with conviction to other people that now becomes this big social truth about who Tanner is in terms of my faith? You, you're very good at that, I noticed. Like, you have a strong degree of t- conviction about what God is speaking to you in precise language to, to kind of capture it. And um, I can see how you'd be really helpful for having others kind of tune back into their most authentic expression of, you know, of their ability to love and express themselves and all of this. So it's really cool to, to witness that. It's good to, good to have you in the podcasting space. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, so the other thing I, I thought was just super fascinating about you was um, all the stuff you had to say about your family. First off, you got married one week after college ended. Yeah. Uh, I want to definitely hear about what went into that decision. Um, uh, to get married or one week after college? One, uh, <laughs> uh, however you want to combine them. I'm really curious about that. So... Uh, Oh, all right. Truth talk here. I I mean, I wanted to get married while I was in college, but you know, we just, my wife and I figured that it would be best to wait till after college. And the reality is the reason why I wanted to get married so quick to her is because I decided to take a vow of celibacy until I was married. So in large part, I wanted to have sex as soon as possible. <laughs> and so that was, that was the reason for trying to get married so quick. Not, not just picking anyone, but you know, 
why not wait until, you know, two or three years to, to see how I grow and develop as an individual? No, I, I pretty well was driven by this desire of sexual intimacy. Um, and part of that was a, a lie that I had believed mm. for years of what, what that even looked like, you know, there, there, I had this idea growing up that I'd never get married, that I was never lovable because I was bullied and, and people said a whole bunch of mean things to me. So one reason why I also wanted to get married so quick is because I thought it would, you know, help heal that hurt in my life of not feeling loved. It didn't, it actually was a lot. It, marriage was very, very difficult for a few years. I, I honestly didn't know if we would have made it, but we did. And I'm very grateful for my wife and that we stuck it out um, mm. because she's an amazing mother. She's an amazing wife. You know, she's a, an amazing life partner, but it, it came with a lot of work, it came with a lot of heartache and a lot of struggle, a lot of counseling. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of why I got married so quick after college. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's incredible. I just got married uh, last year and I was 28. So it took me a while to get married. Um, well, good for you, man. Like, you know, if, if you're an individual that has the ability to wait and be patient, I think that's a great thing because the person I am now obviously is completely different than the person I was 10 years ago, you know, I'm, I'm very different and it probably would have been better for a marriage had I known a little bit more of who I was in my place and purpose in the world mm -hmm. because graduating college, I didn't know any of that. I dude, I had 21 jobs in four years after I graduated college. And so you look at my wife, she's like, Oh my God, I married a guy who can't keep a job, you know? Right. It, it was terrible because I hated working for other people. I hated a lot of those were temporary part-time jobs due to the economy as well, but I hated working for other people. And so it often ended in me quitting or getting fired uh -huh. because I, I like leadership. I like, you know, effective and good leadership. And then when I was a subordinate to someone who was terrible at leadership, I just like kind of bucked the system. I'm like, no, you're terrible at leading. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead myself. And so, you know, that, that also posed a lot of issues in, in marriage until I found my career in real estate. And then I was like, Hey, I get to leave myself. Hey, no one can fire me. I have a job I can do every day. And so, you know, I'm <laughs> eight, I'm actually just finishing my seventh year. I'll be going into my eighth year here next month. How do you recommend? I mean, that's incredible. Like, I would imagine if you're going through that many jobs and you're searching that hard for your purpose and you're so far away from, from being able to you know, have an idea of, of what path you should be on, how do you keep the same woman in your life the whole time? What is it about your relationship that allowed you to grow and evolve and change in so many different fashions and still have the relationship going? You know, that would be a question for my wife. Um... <laughs> Did she stay very stable the entire time? Oh, she was, yeah, she was very stable. I was, I was the one who wasn't stable. Um, right. But at the end of the day, what it all comes down to, I think for both of us is that 
Now hear what I'm about to say, because if you've been divorced, um, this is not a knock against divorce by any means, okay? For us, for our marriage, we just, we, we feared God and disappointing him more than each other. And so it was our belief that for the circumstances that we were in, God wouldn't approve of a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so it was that, that I think kept both of us in the marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. In addition to my wife really loves me. Like she just really loves me and, and just submitted to God and, the idea that even if he never turns his act around, I'm still going to love him. It's an unconditional love that she had. She was frustrated. She was hurt. She was angry. She said mean things. But let me also say, I said a lot of mean things. I was hurt. I was frustrated. I was angry. You know, we weren't kind to one another. And, but we did have this belief that that God wanted us to stay together. And so I think that was the overall theme, but then also that she just loved me mm-hmm. a lot and that she just, she just, it's not that she put up with me, but that she trusted God. I think, I think the biggest thing is she trusted God and that God was working in my life and that things would one day get better. That's a beautiful woman to trust God like that and know that her husband's being transformed by God continuously and give him that freedom to go out and find himself within your committed relationship. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was pain. It's been painful. <laughs> Very painful. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, for me, I was, I was finding myself in Thailand and I was just all about, like I had come out of a, of a bad relationship in America and then moved to Thailand and was like, I need to really date myself and learn myself and be kind to myself and love myself. And that was hard enough to do. I, I don't know how I could have had another person in my life when I felt so lost. And then it was that process of finding myself and you know, reacquainting myself with, with God's purpose for me. And then, then the opportunity started showing up and that's how I met my wife and, you know, in a very good, healthy, fulfilled, happy position. It's kind of stayed that way now for our four years of relationship. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Thailand. I haven't been yet. I love it there in Thailand. I've been to the Philippines once. I was there for two and a half months, and then I've been to Uganda twice. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to start to talk about the life lessons you learned through business and your real estate. Um, first, I want to say, if you're listening to this episode and you're getting any value at all about you know Evan's story and, and excited to see where we're going... Uh, please pause right here and go and leave a five-star rating and review um, so that we can have more people like you come in and listen to stories from people like Evan um, and just really grow grow this community and grow this, you know, this wisdom bank that we're building here in, in each episode. Um, we're not going anywhere, so we'll come right back. Just go ahead and pause it and leave the review and come right back. Cool. So what you said about real estate um, I also feel a lot of, you said that you didn't really find, find your spot until you found real estate. Now you've been in real estate seven, eight years. What do you think it is about real estate that um, kind of fits, fits who Evan is so much and Evan's sense of purpose and Evan's mission? Why real estate? Um, And what, what do you do in real estate also? So that's a very loaded answer. Okay. Going back to, I had 21 jobs in four years. Um, A couple things happened. Uh, by chance, mm-hmm. is this going to be on YouTube? Yeah, the audio at least will be. We can do the video too. Yeah, do the video. I'm going to grab something so I can show people. I'll be right back. Okay. So 
like I said, I've been fired a lot. And there was a real estate agent that I asked to sell my house because we were going to move to Phoenix, Arizona to help plant a church. And we did move. And we moved back three months because it was a terrible idea to move across the country to plant a church with someone you don't know. That relationship bombshelled. So, but in the meantime, when I was trying to sell my house, there's this real estate agent that said, hey, Evan, I could sell your house, but I feel like God's telling me to tell you not to sell it and to rent it out. And so I did. I listened. And sure enough, we moved back. And we waited till the lease was up and we moved back in. That was a very transformative experience because we still had our house when we moved back. And that season had a lot of hurt and loss because when we were in Phoenix, my wife also got pregnant. We came back and we had to live with her parents because our house was being rented out. And I was working at a hardware store that was near the home. I had to walk to work every day because I was in a a bad car accident out in Phoenix. And, um, you know, I wasn't at fault. The money that I got paid for us to move back for the car. So, so, I mean, I didn't have another vehicle. That's the movie money that we used to move back. And then like the lawsuit was tied up for about three years in court for me to get all the other extra stuff. Um, and so I was working at a hardware store and I'd already met this agent by this time. And, he already impressed me. Um, my wife lost the pregnancy. She was a premature stillborn, our daughter. Her name is Michaela. Oh. And this is a picture that we believe what she would look like about, this is about how old she would be in real life. But Michaela, my daughter, was a premature stillborn. And it was a very painful experience. And there's more stories about that experience as well. Um, You know, I was able to just started working too. Like I think I worked one day and then this happened and then I had to take a week off fast forward about a month or so it was mother's day. And in advance, I asked off for mother's day and they didn't give it to me. I was hurt. I was broken. My wife was hurt and broken. She needed me home with her, but they wouldn't give it to me off. Fast forward a few months, it was Father's Day. I asked off for for that day a week and a half or two in advance, but they didn't give it to me. I was a wreck. I was useless that day. I needed my wife. I needed to be home. And it was around that point where I decided I never wanted to work for someone who could control my schedule or at least would be a good, effective leader that would understand those moments and and be lenient. Um, And it was at that point where this real estate agent pulled me aside one day in a coffee shop and said, hey, Evan, have you ever thought about doing real estate? Mm. He said, you'd be your own boss. And I was just like, I really haven't. I've always wanted to be a real estate investor, but you know what? I'm so sick and tired of being hurt by poor leadership, by, by excuses. Oh, the company's not doing well by mismanagement by, and so I just decided to take the ball in my own court, go get my real estate license and be my own boss. And God has blessed that I've made more money doing real estate than I've ever worked at doing another job. And it's just been a very good career path for my family. It's provided way more stability than we've ever had, even though, you know, money might not come in for a few months. Um, 
you know, just depending on the market or what sells, what doesn't, what breaks apart, you know, but in an, in a year, it averages yeah. out pretty nicely. And I picked real estate because it came from a place of plan. I came from a place of pain and hurt. And it's one area that God has drastically used in my life to help shape me and mold me because now I had to learn how to run a business, how to market, how to communicate. And, you know, there's this idea that your business grows to the extent that you do. And so it was kind of at that point that personal growth became a big part of my life. And, and because of it, I've grown tremendously. And I'm extremely grateful for that because I don't know had I been doing something else, if I would have had the same growth that I've had in my life without, without real estate being a part of it. Yeah. No, I love this idea. And I think about this too, is like your business grows to the extent that you do. You can't untie personal development from your business development. They're so related, especially like if you're, if you're a boss of anybody, which I've been experiencing, we've hired on six people in the last six weeks um, because we're growing really fast right now and we need help. And uh, like, you have to establish culture. You have to be a leader. You have to get people to buy in. You have to make, make this feel like a family. You have to make tough decisions, you know, because the money in the capital is not unlimited. So you have to get people to, um, yeah, like understand that. I don't know how I would do that without having developed a sense of emotional intelligence and having like empathy and understanding people's stories and and their drives and how to frame things to them and like it takes these it takes these conversations like with people like you and you know with the other 80 guests we've had on the podcast for me to be in this position where I feel capable of doing this is is it similar for you as well that like that how do you explain that 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 inextricable tie between real estate and you know business development and, and personal development well, I I, th- I think you're right. A lot of it has to do with emotional intelligence and knowing and self awareness, knowing where you're at in your own life and where you need to be better, so that you can produce better results and offer more value to people. Because the more value I bring to people, the more I am going to have success and prosper. And then also, how am I going to market that? Getting out there, and so the tie between personal development and success in a career is sheerly that Mm -hmm. personal wholeness and well-being affects all areas of our life. So like I said, I have a podcast called the whole person podcast and it's about faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. And each one of those areas affects all the other areas. So it's like a wheel. And if one of those areas are deflated a little bit, it becomes a bumpy ride. And so how do we have a whole wheel? How do we have a whole approach? Well, it's understanding that each area affects the other. So how do we live life with balance um, and wholeness? So that that would be my answer. Beautiful. What are some of those things that you've done um, in your life to develop personally? What are some of the ways that you've kind of tested and challenged yourself to grow and yeah. Like, what do you recommend people that are listening to us? It kind of feels like they're in your shoes a little bit. What do you think they ought to go do to to decide, you know, is business, is owning a business right for me? Am I ready to be married? Am I ready to talk to these high level guests? Like, what is it that, that you recommend people do for that personal development side of things? 
Great question. When it comes to choosing to walk deliberately in the path of personal growth. One thing that I've learned is that God will bring people in your path to teach you lessons and you have to be observant for that and when they happen. Mm -hmm. And so one, there's this understanding of self-awareness and you only become self-aware by journaling, by monitoring your thoughts, by monitoring your actions, by monitoring your triggers and, and literally documenting what you see yourself doing. And and it just doesn't happen like that. It's a process. It's a development. But over time, as you develop it, then you'll start to see areas of um, inadequacies that need growth. And so then you can apply focus and attention to that area. But the biggest thing that I would say, Tom Ziegler has this amazing quote, the quickest way to success is to exchange a bad habit for a good habit. So I would say, what bad habit do you have in your life that you can get rid of and replace with a good habit? And that that good habit would be the first domino in a row of dominoes that will help trigger other dominoes. And so for me, one of the first things that I needed to develop in before all other personal growth could really do well. It's going back to the number one lesson of my 10 life-changing lessons PDF. It's loving yourself. And it's so simple. Like, cause I had this version of myself in my mind of who I should be and how God should have created me. And because I wasn't that person, I also hated myself. And so what I learned from Craig Westoff is that with that idea, not only is that self-hatred, but it's idolatry towards God because you believe God should have made you differently than who you are. And that stopped me in my tracks. And so then I realized it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the process. Because I've, I've always had anxiety about trying to be that person, trying to do, trying to have, and, and be there already instead of relaxing and enjoying the journey. So I've, the first thing I had to do was learn how to love myself in the process of change. And then once I could learn to love myself in the process of change, I actually started seeing change happen. And, and I, you know, I've seen small changes throughout my life. But within this last year, 2020 has been the best year of my life. Despite COVID, I've made more money. I've, I've had better health. Um, my family's grown like 2020 has been the best year of my life so far. And what's funny is 2020 beautiful at the beginning of the year, I wrote 2020 is going to be the best year I've ever had. And 32 is my favorite number. And I'm 32 years old and I'm born December 30th. So they kind of coincide at the same time. And so, you know, I just decided this was going to be the best year I've ever had. And since 2019 was one of the worst years I've ever had but I learned the lesson of learning how to love myself. So in 2020, I've seen a lot of growth. You know, there's addictions in my life like sugar and pornography and depression and anxiety are things that left my life that I've received freedom and healing in. So when it comes to sugar, you know, I would drink soda every single morning 32 ounces or more 
and I was fat. I've lost 30 pounds this year and I'm continuing to lose weight, you know, but I started loving myself and that became a catalyst to treating myself better. And because I started loving myself, I stopped mutilating myself with pornography you know, and that, that came by joining an online men's recovery group. And that helped me tremendously. And then I got to eventually lead the group and, and host that every Sunday night. And then, you know, in general, I lost weight. I started feeling better about myself. And so all these things started stacking up. I started receiving freedom in healing. So going back to Tom Ziegler's quote, mm-hmm. the quickest way to success is to exchange a bad habit for a good habit. Very quickly, I started exchanging bad habits for good habits because I was able to love myself through the process of change. And so, you know, here and now, you know, I'm in the process of taking my broker's test and, and studying for that to level up in real estate there's a level of confidence that's come with letting go of things that I've hated about myself all because I've learned how to love myself. And then with all these other uh, life-changing lessons, start implying those, you know, I didn't try to make all these shifts at once. I made one shift loving myself through the process of change, which led to giving up soda which led to me feeling better, which led to me losing weight, which led to me having a better mentally mindset. And once I had a better, stronger, healthy mindset, then I could tackle the pornography issue because the pornography issue was a mindset. I was trapped in a way of thinking, but because my mindset has been healed a little bit more then I could actually take on the issue. And so, you know, for years, I tried to get pornography out of my life, but I couldn't do it. But I didn't have the right mindset. I wasn't, I wasn't in a better space up here. And so what, what, what did I have to do first? I had to love myself first. And once I started to learn how to love myself, everything started falling in the line. And you know, at a different point in time, there will be another uh, lead domino. And so it's just learning what those are, what you can exchange. And then after you learn to exchange it, how does that affect all the other areas of your life? So that's how you start with personal growth. I love that answer. (laughs) I've never actually heard that that type of answer from these questions. It's it's beautiful. You know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't, when it comes to personal growth, I've never heard anyone say it like that either. Um, you know, I've learned tidbits along the way, but then I've just applied what I've learned and how it works for me. It might work for you. It might not. I don't know. But you have to be a student of yourself. What ideas do you have for, for figuring out that lead domino? Yeah, I would say journaling. And then also yeah. it comes through observation and Seeing, okay, what area of my life is that the journaling would be affected the most and how it would affect other areas. So I think one of the biggest ones for me, again, was learning to love myself. For someone else, um, let's 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 say someone is severely overweight or wanting to get better. Okay, so maybe the lead domino is to exchange 
water or instead of soda, exchange it for water. And then just drink a lot of water, which is going to make you less hungry and nourish your body. And so then that translates to a little weight loss and then there's a little momentum. And then, and then you're feeling good about yourself. Okay, well, maybe I can add tracking my food on my fitness pal. And then I can add walking. And then I can add, which, okay, so now you physically feel better. You're healthier. Well, now you're able to be more active. Well, now what's something that I wanted to do that I could never do because I was being held back by being overweight? Oh, now I can go do this. Now that I'm doing this, what is the result and how can it affect something else? So it's just, you know, you can call it habit stacking. You can call it, you know, tipping the domino, but you're looking for the number one thing that can affect any other areas of your life right now. For me, one of the one things that can affect all the other areas of my life is waking up early in the morning and I'm not doing too good of a job at that. But at the same time, I have a two-year-old that doesn't go to bed until like 10. He throws a fit and then he wakes up multiple times in the middle of the night. So it goes back to loving myself. I, I was very frustrated with myself that I couldn't get up, but my sleep has been interrupted. Okay. So if my sleep is being interrupted and I'm not being refreshed, then maybe I need to have more grace on myself. So while I know waking up early is what I can do best for myself right now. Is it giving me enough sleep? No. So what do I do in that scenario? Well, what if I wake up maybe just a little bit early? Maybe I wake up 30 minutes early. Maybe I wake up an hour early. Whatever I can do before other people wake up. And then, and, and then just go from there. I don't know. But that's, that's my journey currently. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I love the honesty and the authenticity for how you're expressing these things and how you're obviously still not where you want to be in, in total, but you're very, very much on the path. Um, and that must be so refreshing. Let me ask you this. What, what's an area of your life that you think would be a good lead domino for you? Uh, learning how to lead people in my business and not having to do it all myself um, would be a huge one for me. Um, I tend to stay up too late at night working. Um, I tend to work too many hours of the day right now. Um, I, I think one of my gifts in our business is working with people, having these one-on-one -on -one types of conversations where like part of my purpose statement, I read the one thing by Gary Keller and my purpose statement I generated from that book was was essentially like my purpose is to ask people questions that like unveil insights and wisdom so that people can be more aligned with their sense of purpose. Um, and so my my big challenge in my business is always how can I organize people in a way that like excites them, alivens them, puts them in their zone of genius, um, is the, the highly leveraged role and responsibility for them to be in um, and all of this. And I, I see how... So what's the one thing that you can do to do that? Um, right now. Because that's, yeah. what, that, that's the result, but what's the one thing you can do? I think the biggest one thing that I'm realizing more and more is that I can help lead people in their faith journey in my company. How do you do that? By That's a result, so how do you do that? That's a good question. Um, I would say it's by, by being more transparent about how I'm making the decisions as a CEO-minded person. 
by um, expressing my my journey outwardly when people are looking to me for for leadership and guidance and support um, by leading with faith and trust and you know openness and vulnerability instead of more telling people what to do and and having a sense of like urgency to it it's about just being like a more transparent humbled servant type of leader instead of someone that's looking for you know high levels of revenue and growth and you know thanks i have a lot of this figured out because i spent fifty thousand dollars on real estate education and live with big mentors and done big deals and all that stuff like i'm yeah like i've invited people who haven't done that into my team and i'm telling them i can take them here and i want to be more humbled and transparent and honest about my journey um and also have an element of leading people to christ i think is is a mismatch sometimes that exists is that it's not fully aligned with that okay so if that is what you can do how do you develop that how do you get to that point um well i definitely need to make space to to be developed in that way i need to have people in my life that are leading me that way um so i've started doing discipleship sessions with my podcast manager tom who's moved to the philippines and gotten married and had a child and he's an awesome like christian male leader um he had done seven years of entrepreneurship before deciding that um, he was just going to be a freelancer and work 10 hours a week and lead a family and build churches and be a volunteer and all that stuff in the philippines so I need to have people like that are leading in that way in my life. Um, I need to be making space for journaling and, and self-awareness of my inadequacies. I need to be praying specific prayers um, to God, asking for these, these levels of, um, of insight and wisdom about how I can do this. I need to be honest with myself about um, sin that, I'm, that I've buried or that I'm hiding or um, you know, that I'm afraid to show people. Um, and I need to be trusting enough of God that he can kind of take people on a journey further than I can. If, if I just start that, that domino in people's lives, um, I'm not their pastor. And that kind of scares me. Regarding showing sin, you have to be very careful. And I'm, this is for anyone who you reveal that to. I revealed that to a recovery group. I didn't just go tell people that. I, I didn't start talking to people about it openly until there was more recovery in my life. And so you have to be careful who you talk to. So one, I wanted to say that. Okay. But going back to you. So those are, you mentioned about five things right there. Yeah. So out of those five things, what's the one thing that would be most important? Studying the word with, with these people. And so if studying the word is the most important thing that will start triggering all these other results, what's one step before that that would lead to you studying the word with people? I would say time blocking studying the word would be important. Make sure that I can have uninterrupted time I, to do I that. I think so. I, that, that, I think that would be it. Um, time blocking so that you put your first priority first, mm -hmm. which gives you confidence, which makes you feel accomplished which gives you more equipation, equipation, that's not a word, what makes you more equipped to talk to other people. It is the fire within your mission. Mm -hmm. And then that gets lived outwardly. So time blocking to do that first. And then I think maybe your second one would be to invite people 
and to put it on your calendar. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this at this time. Do you want to do this? Because it, if it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. Right. And so I, I think time blocking is probably that first thing time blocking specifically for, for that time. So, but, but if you noticed, yeah, um, we went through about six different answers before we actually got to the number one thing that you could do. Right. And so sometimes, and I did that because sometimes we think we, we know what the number one thing is, but it's, it's really not. And then we have to peel back that onion just a little bit. Okay, great. So this, this is a byproduct mm-hmm. of, of that number one, but that's not the number one. And we keep peeling back and back and back and back until we hit that. And, and I think that's what we just did. And so good job. Um, it, um, you know, I have people in my life that do this often to me. So, and that's a, I did this deliberately so that the audience can hear how to do it to themselves as well. Yeah. And you just have to keep asking yourself how or why, or what's the number one thing to get to, to the next level, you know? It's just reverse engineering everything. Yeah. No, thank you for showing us that. That was really powerful. Like, that's not a normal thing that happens in my podcast. So thank you for that. <laughs> you bet, man. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Evan Herman on living a life of significance in the areas that matter most. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Evan talking about loving oneself in the process of change, his personal experience on getting therapy, and how grateful he is for the legacy he wants to leave in this world, as well as what it means to accept Jesus Christ. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 